welcome back to a new episode of Hello, I'm Listening. I you were about still, to say Translating yeah, Love. <laughs> I still have to get used to the new name. <laughs> but it's an exciting episode. It is an exciting episode. Because we have our first guest, guest. And it's not only a, a, a standard guest, it's basically <laughs> the is, first. What is a standard guest? You know, like our guest that comes in once in a while. No, not the, we, that's the guest that we have the second time yeah. on our, not on this podcast, but... I mean, technically, it's the same podcast, let's be honest, podcast. it's just a different name. <laughs> but yeah, welcome, Shannon, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me on again. <laughs> yeah, it's so good to have you back, and thank you for obviously doing our show again, because, you know, it's not, you know, it's it's your time, so we appreciate that you come on. And yeah, also, I mean, um, we, 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 as I just was, you know, saying before this very weird rant that you're on no but <laughs> this very natural intro that just was very natural um I, we were just talking about um the topic or i was just going to explain why i thought about this topic and um the topic today is healthcare systems compared like comparable from austria the uk and the us yeah but not in like uh, we're not professionals we're not i mean i don't work in the healthcare system so i only know what i know from living here and i work in the healthcare system but in austria so i have no work experience right <laughs> in the healthcare system in the u.s so right and i'm also just speaking from personal Shannon, you're experience. not a professional either right you're just a citizen absolutely not no <laughs> yeah good. but that's perfect because that's that's like the pure experience and how we perceive yeah. the healthcare system and maybe how it changed through our lifetime mm -hmm. and what i just want to say is that every time we are in the u.s or someone from the u.s is over here we somehow always talk about the healthcare system at some point and um it's so mind-boggling to them that a lot of things that we are getting for free is massively expensive in mm -hmm. the u.s but maybe let's start with that oh we're starting with the u.s yeah maybe let's oh, okay. start with the u.s because it's just interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, a black hole of nonsense in the U.S. Yeah. But, I mean, from my perspective, and I've read a little bit, but it basically, the system that we have in place in the U.S. is that it is very employer-based. So yeah. your employer pays for your health insurance to an extent. And so, but they don't have to. So it's basically your employer decides in the in like a exaggerated way if you live or you die okay because <laughs> that sounds horrible i mean but if you think about it, if you were to get cancer depending yeah. on what job you have yeah. you're either going to survive it or you're not and or that's completely you have crazy a massive debt because you have to go exactly okay. exactly yeah. Yeah. and some employers don't offer insurance sometimes you have to pay for it out of pocket some employers offer they pay for part of your insurance and you pay for the other part. And it's just a wacky system. A lot of hospitals and insurance companies are funded by big corporations. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, a very small percentage are nonprofit. Very, very small percentage, percentage even more so than the nonprofit, is mm -hmm. by government funded. <laughs> so it's like kind of a, it seems backwards. So I think that brings us already in the big problem that if you make a healthcare private, um, then the person is not the 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 
the middle of the whole thing anymore, but the money is or the the, the yeah and the basic things the, people yeah. can't afford. Yeah. Uh, my best example I always give this example is when my I was on my mom's plan yeah. until I was twenty six. Yeah, and when I was about. 19 or so we had to switch insurance companies and there's this weird or there was at least at the time this weird rule that you couldn't have like a six month overlap or something like that between insurance companies Mm -hmm. so we didn't have insurance for six months oh yeah basically Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so my mom was like we have to be extra careful (laughs) because you always see that in movies and shows where they're like oh shit i forgot to pay the insurance and now you just don't have insurance right and this weekend we have to be very careful because i can't pay until monday yeah because there's also like some insurance companies say that you can only pay on the first of the month so if you miss it then you have to wait until the next first of the month it's crazy but (laughs) if you have an accident yeah it's nuts and so my our insurance was just like on hiatus for a while yeah and i went to the pharmacy to get my birth control pills oh yeah and they were like oh you don't have insurance and i was like no but i was just gonna pay it out of pocket i mean it can't be that expensive <laughs> one would think. one month they asked for a hundred and twenty dollars wow. for a month of birth control wow and i'm like what <laughs> And even with insurance, I was paying $30 a month. And that's with insurance. So compared to Austria and Austria pay? I pay 12 euros for three months. And what is it in the the UK? Do you have like numbers to compare to that? Uh, Yeah, so we have, um, so we have to pay for for medicine and prescription. But if you get it on prescription, so if your doctor prescribes you that certain Mm -hmm. medicine and you go to the pharmacy, it's £9.35. So okay. that's what for and for one single prescription. So that could be mm-hmm. antibiotics or birth control, etc. Oh, okay. I see. Everything would be nine pound thirty five for one prescription. That seems to go up a lot. So probably about five years ago, it might have been eight pound twelve. Um, so mm-hmm. as time goes on, the price inflates. Um, so yeah, so for one single thing. So if you needed two prescriptions, it would be nine pound thirty-five times by two. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. So, but it doesn't basically it doesn't matter how what what you get prescribed. It can be anything. So it could be something that is way that is worth less technically, mm-hmm. but you still pay the, the mm-hmm. that amount. Yeah. So if um, so painkillers, for example, paracetamol um, or mm-hmm. ibuprofen. They tell you to just go to the shop and buy it because it's like literally 50 pence rather yeah. than getting it from the doctors for £9 odd. You could get like mm-hmm. 100 boxes from That's the crazy. shop um, from, due to the amount that the actual doctors charge you for the prescription from the pharmacy. So for some things, you are better going to like the supermarket and just getting some painkillers from there um but yeah depending on even if it's a super expensive drug or medicine it would still be nine pound 35 per um prescription Mm -hmm. oh wow okay but um going back to so when you are insured in the u.s what what like if you go to the doctor (laughs) um for like a checkup for example like you get your blood drawn and you just want to do a checkup yeah how how is that it's again for everybody different and that's what's also so crazy about the whole system is that depending on what insurance company you have Mm -hmm. depending on um how much you decide that you can afford to pay a month for your insurance so basically that is dependent on Mm -hmm. how much you pay at the doctor or in some examples like my mom 
has a copay. So when we would go to the doctor, our, we had really good insurance or what qualified as good insurance. And we still had to pay, I think, $30 or something just to see the doctor. So wow. at like upfront, you just pay 30 bucks and then you can go see him wow. or her. You pay upfront. Yeah. <laughs> That's at the, like an entrance and, fee. And they might only talk to you for like 10 seconds, but oh, it can be 10 wow. seconds. It can be 20 minutes and it won't matter. Um, and God forbid they do anything else like x-rays or oh, wow. any anything else. And then you pay for so much. And in my mom's case, she has a prosthetic leg. And so she needs a lot of mm-hmm. checkups. She needs to once in a while get her leg checked out or replace the knee. Mm-hmm. And it's thousands and thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. And Even though she has a good insurance. Even yeah. though she has a good insurance. And the insurance says, you know, we'll only start covering you after you've paid something like $3,000 in a year out of pocket. So it's like, who pays $3,000 a year out of pocket to go to the doctor? That's so crazy. It's really, it's nuts. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's a total other topic. But for example, with medicine, I mean, um, when you, when you get medicine, the, the medicine is, like priced by the the manufacturer mm-hmm. and there's no like um there's no limit on the whole thing so basically the manufacturer can say okay we charge the people for that medicine that amount mm-hmm. even though it might be life-saving for example with um if you have diabetes mm-hmm. what do you what is it called did you need I, I'm insulin insulin yeah and that's so crazy with that. I mean, it's so fuck. I don't know what the numbers are, but it's so ex- expensive that people try to get it from like Canada yeah. where it's super affordable. In Mexico and yeah, yeah. it's nuts. Uh, it's so crazy. But um, okay. But how is the system in the UK compared to like the US? I mean, I, I, we talked a little bit. It's comparable to Austria a little bit, but how does it work in the UK, like the healthcare system? Um. So the so it's free on point of contact. So if I rang the doctors up, and to book an appointment, I could just go to the doctors and see a doctor for free. Um, but so it's government funded. So the government funds the healthcare system, um, the national healthcare system. It's called the NHS. Um, so technically, we do pay for it through tax. Um, that we get taxed when we get our wages from work. But that portion goes to the government, and then the government obviously uses the tax on police. Um, fire services things like that and then part of that also goes to the health service so if I rang my doctor up and then he had to send me for a blood test an x-ray an ultrasound that would just be free Um, I could just go get that done I wouldn't get a bill or anything um, and that would be it so I suppose it's good when you obviously say it like that and you are getting a lot um for free um but also you are paying for it technically through tax but nothing sort of compared to america where it's thousands of pounds um it's just obviously a percentage that comes out of your wage every week every month that you don't Mm -hmm. see um but for example my Mm -hmm. mum my mum's got diabetes and she's on insulin um and she doesn't have to pay that ridiculous amount for insulin obviously she just gets that um and certain people qualify for free medicine so they wouldn't have to pay prescriptions so whereas i would pay 
£9.35 for a prescription. Okay, um, okay. Yeah. If you're unemployed or certain criteria, you would be exempt from paying. So mm-hmm. certain certain people in the system don't actually have to pay for medicine, so they wouldn't have to pay that prescription fee. Um, so mm-hmm. if, obviously like children as well. That's, that's similar to Austria. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so in terms of like actually accessing and seeing a doctor, it is free to do that. Um, all, mm-hmm. all the procedures that I had done, obviously I had a lot of um, surgeries as a child. I had the transplant mm-hmm. from my feet to my hands. All that was free. Um, and I also went down the road of prosthetics uh, as a child mm-hmm. to get some prosthetic feet um, for my limb difference on my feet. Um, and, you know, accessing prosthetics and things like that was free as well through the national health system. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I suppose it's really great when you think of it that way. But our health care system is sort of really struggling at the moment because it's understaffed, underfunded. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Everyone's very stressed who works in the system, so people are leaving yeah. the system, so there's not yeah. enough staff. Yeah. Um you can't get appointments to see doctors. The waiting lists are just so bad. Um, you know, months and months just to get certain procedures done, um, not even sort of invasive procedures. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a great system, but it is sort of collapsing in front of us mm-hmm. and that's what we're really worried about here in the UK. Um, t- talk quickly about your, your recent experience with the with setting up a doctor's appointment. Yeah, so I try my best to avoid the doctors um, because <laughs> sort of, sort of the past few years it's been super hard to get a doctor's appointment. Obviously with coronavirus, um, doctors closed the doors in terms of seeing doctors face to face unless it was absolutely necessary. So everything was sort of done through telephone calls and things like that. Um, but you know, things have settled down a little bit with the coronavirus in the UK, but it is still extremely hard to get to see a doctor at the minute. Um, so I called the other day <laughs> to speak to a doctor and it took me 150 attempts to just get through to reception That's so, um, so that wasn't even to speak to a doctor that was just to speak to the receptionist at the doctor's surgery and try to book an appointment um so even when I got through there was no guarantee that I would actually get mm-hmm. an appointment because um so you can't actually book in advance in the UK or not with my doctors anyway mm-hmm. you can't you can't ring up and say can I have a, an appointment for Friday afternoon at three o'clock you've got to ring every morning at 8 a.m. and then just hope for the best that there's an available appointment that day. Wow. Um, okay. so, so, you know, it's standard practice that you ring at 8 a.m. when the phone lines open and when the doctor's surgery opens and then just keep ringing and ringing and ringing until you can get through. That's crazy. Isn't there like isn't there like an option for email appointments? Because a lot of doctors here are doing that now where you can just send an email and then they get back to you when they have time. So some doctor surgeries, I do believe, have like an online system. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But my particular surgery have, <laughs> have not do not have that. So I am in the process of trying to change doctors because um, when I've spoken to people about my experience with my doctor surgery, people have been quite shocked that it is so terrible. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah, it is very stressful and it's also puts you off ringing because you know how long it's going to take to try and get through. 
you're not guaranteed an appointment anyway. Um, so I only ring the doctors now if I like truly, truly in desperate to speak to a doctor. Um, but I have been known to sort of turn up at the doctor's surgery and queue outside before it opens um, for when it opens at 8am to sort of join a queue to like desperately mm -hmm. speak speak to the receptionist in, in person um, and then obviously people so far down the line get turned away when all the appointments are gone for that day and then they have to just come again the next morning queue up and hope for the best um, oh, wow. so it's, it's really not a great situation here at the minute um, and I you know people it's been like this for quite a few years even sort of before COVID um, doctor surgeries were like this but it's just got like significantly worse since coronavirus has sort of come around you would think that with COVID people learn and see and appreciate the the, the medical field more and the staff mm -hmm. and the people <laughs> and also the government like hey look how important those people are for our uh, society and for our uh, I mean it's it's basically a, an important structure in, in, in every country I think it's gotten worse because right. just from my own personal experience I don't even work in like a hospital setting but I work at a doctor's office and we are treated like garbage by a lot of patients who come in yeah, they're the entitlement. just they're so entitled they're instantly rude they are very impatient and we're always super friendly with them but we a lot of times just get treated like complete garbage and i feel like it only gets worse as you know as the pandemic continues to but continue let's that's a good point i think a lot of people i mean compared to to you in the uk and the situation in the uk we have it so much better still right now here yeah i mean it's getting less it's getting worse by every year basically and it's the same here that people are getting more frustrated in the medical field and they're like okay i'm quitting i'm mm -hmm. stopping um the pay they're underpaid um people like pa patients are really not uh, nice a lot of people are very rude and impatient mm -hmm. um and and a lot of doctors are leaving too because they're saying okay i can't handle the stress and this constant pressure anymore because there is no help from the government yeah um and i mean for example if we it's the same here if if i want to go to the doctor i can either call the day and say hey i need an appointment and they can say okay maybe we have an opening here if i'm lucky or i get an appointment next week or in two weeks so the waiting time is not considerably long it depends on what kind of doctor you go right. to yeah yeah sure I'm, I'm talking about like a general practitioner yeah um but for example, if I can also queue, I can go to, to the doctors at 8 or 7.30 when they open and queue in line and hope that they... And usually that's a, that's a thing I can usually yeah, stay there. Yeah, most general practitioners will see you if you just walk yeah. in. But also it depends. I mean, sometimes you have to wait two, three hours. But yeah, it's it's considerably less. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But what's so horrible is that um, like the, a general practitioner basically has so many people nowadays especially in the on the countryside because they're getting less and less so and and mm -hmm. like new doctors are not coming out of the system or not out of universities because they're missing yeah and so they're already well, very stressed with doctors. that a lot of general practitioners are becoming instead of um they're going into private i don't right. know how you would say yeah, it in private english practice. private practice yeah. right instead of they're 
I don't know, paid for by the government. Right, right. So, uh, and they're not getting paid well enough. Yeah, and with the pandemic, I, it's too right. crazy. That's what I wanted to say. So we basically yeah. have a two-class system here in Austria where you have like the normal regular insurance like you in the UK where you like a, a, a bit, bit of your uh, paycheck gets uh, gets towards, uh, gets paid towards the, the health insurance, health insurance, right? Um, and then you can go to see a doctor or a, not every doctor, but the doctors who are in the, in the system of the social security. Um, but that's becoming less and less so because again, the government is not, uh, helping those people. The payment is not great. The stress and the amount of patients is mm -hmm. increasing like crazy. And compared to like private practice, you make so much less money. And so the next step for a lot of doctors is, okay, I'm becoming a private doctor yeah. and you can come see me and pay the money and maybe get something back if your insurance allows that. Or maybe you have a bad insurance like the the, the, the private insurance um, and you maybe come here for free even. Mm -hmm. And that's the next thing that the system is built or was built into being more of a two-class system where i mean it is already so compared for example if i have a private insurance i can probably get a, like a non-life uh saving surgery like something that can be you know in a year as well in two weeks mm -hmm. compared if i do that without a, a special or like an additional insurance then i have to wait probably a year or or half a year something mm -hmm. like that and that's so crazy That's yeah. so crazy to me that the people who are already rich and, you know, um, um, ha they have more of, you know, a, a, a normal citizen who makes doesn't make an, a significant amount of money gets better treatment in healthcare, mm -hmm. which is kind of fucked. Yeah. And if and and if, if if you look at I mean, if you look at the UA, UK, I mean, my understanding is that that's something that is happening in the UK, too. I guess when you have a lot of money in the UK, then you can probably get better health care, right? Yeah. So we have private hospitals, private doctors as well. Um, but obviously, it's sort of completely unattainable to people who are just working class citizens who can't yeah. afford um, to pay that level. So I had a quick look. So obviously I've never gone private. Um, I've prayed for private therapy before, but not sort of medical, um, like healthcare. And mm -hmm. for for one consultation with a doctor for 30 minutes is 99 pounds. Um, wow. But I think I think it can literally stretch up to around 400 pounds for one hour to see a doctor. Um, yeah. So that would be sort of towards London area. That's obviously considerably more wealthy and um, so I'm I'm based sort of in the north of England which is typically sort of less wealthy than London um, London's where all the rich people are <laughs> so yeah there's, it's very expensive to go for private health care and so obviously there, there is an option there if if you can afford it you can ob obtain better health care by paying for private health care but again that is like extremely unattainable for the majority of the people that live here in the UK um you know if the NHS wasn't here and it sort of collapsed at its knees and was no longer available um, a lot of people would struggle um I know a lot of people now have, you know people have been dying from cancer and things because the waiting times for surgery and treatment 
it's just gone beyond what it should be and people are obviously starting to to die and um, so it's very serious and it's just scary to be honest for people who can see it happening but feel like they can't do anything about it but um why do you think uh like what was the what was or what is in your opinion the main reason or what, what was the main reason that the the funding or the the healthcare system was dismantled uh was it just because of funding or or uh, lack of care by the political parties or or what is it that 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 like in your opinion what what happened there um in my opinion um obviously i don't know but i think it's because it's just lack of funding um you know it's someone who works as a supermarket driver earns more money than a typical nurse in mm -hmm. the healthcare system so it would actually benefit those people who work in the system to actually quit their job and go and work in a supermarket um mm. because of the pay difference and how much they're getting paid and what they're actually doing and the amount of stress that they're under the amount of emotional stress as well as, as well as like sort of physical exhaustion um for the amount of money that they're bringing home at the end of the month just doesn't match up so a lot of people are leaving obviously because a lot of people are leaving there's less people that can give you the care so um waiting times just get longer and longer um and it's just sort of that mentality at the moment where doctors are so exhausted um they wake up in the morning come to work work all day go home late at night go to bed do it all again the next day um I mean, even doing that in sort of an office job like I do, I don't think I could do that. Never yeah, mind yeah, sort, of, sort, yeah. sort of performing surgery when you are so exhausted and you're probably not in the right frame of mind to even be doing the job because you're overworked mm -hmm. and, and underpaid. Um, so there's just a lot of flaws in the system. But obviously, I think it comes from the very top of the government. They are the people that pay the employee the employee wages um and who fund the system who give all the equipment and everything um so that's sort of i think to get to the root of the problem something is going on at the top of the system that needs to be sorted out but mm. we have a conservative government in at the moment um which are obviously all very wealthy people um mm. who who probably have private health care who have never stepped foot in the national health service so they yeah, wouldn't yeah. they they wouldn't know what it was like in the national health service they've probably never been treated or seen a doctor that works within the national health service and yeah. um, so that they probably don't actually understand the severity of what's going on at the moment in the nhs and sort of how much it's struggling even though there's so many protests so many people are trying to raise awareness um it's just like they're they're not really bothered they don't want to listen mm -hmm. i don't know if you know much about the uk prime minister but yeah yeah we do <laughs> yeah so um i think you only have to take one look at him to see that he's not fit to be a prime minister at all no. um and so much stuff has come out about him um and i'm completely baffled as to how he is still our prime minister But it doesn't give the people or the majority of people faith in the UK that things are going to get much better whilst he's sort of in power. Yeah. Um, and he's got the decisions or the main decisions over sort of what goes on with the NHS. Um, but 
but yeah obviously someone voting for him otherwise he wouldn't be there but it's concerning really um to think that a man like that can be in charge of a country yeah especially what when you look at the uk from the point where it exited the eu and how it just went down the whole thing and he's just one of the worst people like the things he says the things he does he he lied so many times and people seem to don't give a shit or i don't know how that man is still there it's it's yeah it's mind-boggling yeah you can ask the same thing about trump though i mean it's no, very sure. similar i mean they're the same that's the same i think very trump similar is mindsets i think in terms of the people that yeah. follow yeah. people yeah, like yeah. that yeah yeah definitely um yeah. I don't know what needs to be done for him not to be uh, sort of prime minister anymore. But yeah, it's concerning, especially when there's so much news that comes out about him lying about certain things. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. during coronavirus lockdown, he broke all of his own rules. He yeah. had family, you know, and it's just like, how can this guy still be in power and people mm -hmm. are not sort of protesting and uprising against it? Um, yeah, it's, it's worrying, really. Have you noticed, uh, just with your your government being more conservative at the moment, have you noticed in the healthcare system more discrimination against um, people of color or people who maybe don't speak English that well? Just in just in general, those people who are trying to get healthcare services, have you noticed any? Or even you yourself? Yeah. You know. Um. To be honest. Not really, but that's because the Conservative government has been in power for such a long time. It's probably so far ingrained in the system okay. that, um, you know, it's not sort of a dramatic change that you've been able to see because it's been something that's just been going on for years. So obviously before Boris Johnson, there was so many other prime ministers that were also in charge of the Conservative Party that were our prime minister. Um so the Conservatives have been in for quite a long time. Um, but I don't doubt that that is absolutely a problem here in the UK. I can I, I know from the things that I see, the things that I hear people say, that there is obviously a big problem with discrimination, racism, everything like that, prejudices. Um, so I don't doubt that that's a problem. Um, but sort of around my area in particular, it's very much sort of white British people and mm -hmm. um, there's not much there's not many people from ethnic backgrounds um so personally from my point of view I haven't sort of seen that firsthand or had accounts from people who have said you know that x y and z have happened to me mm -hmm. but um I can completely sort of sympathize that that probably does happen um sort of in areas where there is people from ethnic backgrounds that are struggling um i wouldn't say that i've personally had that either because and like i say i tend not to go to go to the doctors because it is such a stressful <laughs> ordeal yeah. um yeah. even trying to see a doctor um but it also i mean last year i went through quite a few, few procedures trying to figure out um, and get a diagnosis for endometriosis Mm -hmm. um, and that was just a whole ordeal in itself. The doctor who gave me a call after my procedure to discuss the results with me didn't even know who I was or why she was huh. calling calling me, wow. even, though, even though she was the one who did the actual procedure. Um, oh, wow. So when she called and she said, um, you know, how can I help today? I was like, 
well, you've called me for a start and you're supposed to be giving me the results of the procedure. And she was like, oh, where did you have the procedure done? And I was like, you did the procedure. Wow. <laughs> you tell me. Um, so, yeah, that was quite concerning at the very start of the mm-hmm. conversation that um, she'd obviously not looked at the notes before she'd given me a call and she obviously had no idea who I was. Um, and she said, oh, yeah, everything's normal. Everything has come back absolutely fine. Um which I know myself, you know your own body, you know when there's something mm-hmm. wrong, you know when something's not right. So obviously I, I expressed my dissatisfaction with her answer and that obviously there was something that needed to be investigated. And she then asked me what I thought the next steps were. Um, and I, I was like, well, in, in your professional opinion, I think that's your job to tell me what the next mm-hmm. steps are. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> So her advice was just to put me on birth control, um, which oh. I had, yeah, I'd had, you know, I'd said before, I do not want to be on birth control. You know, I've been on birth control previously as a teenager. It doesn't yeah. agree with, with my body. I've done lots of research into birth control and personally. I don't think I it agrees with anybody's body. No, I was like, <laughs> and it's I don't. so often the case where they say, oh, you're having these problems, birth control. Yeah, exactly. Um, <sighs> So I did express, you know, I do not want to go on birth control, to which her reply was, oh, no, it don't worry, it's not to get you, stop you from getting pregnant, it's to stop your symptoms of endometriosis. Oh, in which I, but I said, I don't even have um, a diagnosis of endometriosis, so mm-hmm. you're, treating, you're treating me for something that you don't actually know that I've got, that's why I'm yeah. wanting these investigations doing. Um, so, yeah, I asked for sort of a laparoscopy where they go, into your womb and see sort of what's there and Mm -hmm. she basically outright just sort of refused and said we're not willing to do that at this point um but this has been going on for sort of five or six years I've had procedures done before um and I was told that this would sort of be the next step and when it got to this point she basically said we're not willing to do that the only option at the moment that we're willing to try for you is to put you on birth control and if you're not willing to do that well that's that's what we're advising um so yeah very stressful I ended up crying on the phone through frustration I <laughs> would too yeah. it's so so frustrating um it's feel like you're not getting your voice heard like nobody yeah. actually wants to help um so yeah it was a very stressful time last year trying to sort of get it sorted out still no further along but that's just sort of the standard thing that's happening at the moment um and I know a lot of people have experienced things like that but it's just sort of one of the things where you think well what can I do because I can't afford private health care um and yeah it's just it's really hard at the moment yeah oh I'm so sorry that's so frustrating and especially anything to do with just feminine health in general can be so stressful And when things aren't working how they're supposed to work, I also had a lot of procedures done in the last few years because of problems I was having and ended up being diagnosed with PCOS, which is kind of similar to endometriosis. What is what is endometriosis? Can you quickly can any of you guys quickly explain it a little bit? Because I have no idea what it is. Um, So endometriosis is basically where the endometrial tissue from the womb sort of grows outside of the womb and it can attach itself to sort of your bowels um, or other organs. Yeah, so it's and it's quite painful. So yeah, it, it's painful. you have really painful periods and really yeah. you have a really hard time with a lot of things oh, that can wow. affect fertility and that sounds yeah. horrible. It's um it's quite serious and it's like majorly sort of under 
people don't really get a diagnosis of it because doctors just don't look out for it enough and yeah. they're, they're not willing to put you through the procedures um, yeah. and not a lot of them known about it. So women tend to try and get a diagnosis for around seven years before they're actually diagnosed with it um, because it's often put down to other things such as IBS and mm-hmm. um, things like that. So, yeah, it's very frustrating um, yeah. and they basically try and put you on birth control control to try and sort of yeah. make the symptoms That's, better. Which, which is, is so crazy because it, it might help with the symptoms, the physical symptoms but it doesn't yeah. fix the problem. And in turn, what I've read, at least, it can make, the, at least with PCOS, it can make symptoms or make the actual thing worse because of the hormones that you're pumping into your body. And it's just, it seems so backwards that for every problem yeah, from when treating. you're 15 years old, they say, oh, you have acne, take birth mm-hmm. control. Or you don't want to have painful periods, take birth control. Oh, you want to lose weight, take birth control. Or it's just like, why? <laughs> it's not a solution. It's potentially making the problem worse. Yeah, they're treating the symptoms rather than the root of the cause. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah, I'm so sorry that that that's it's the, is that still a thing that you have to deal with or is that something you already sort like sorted out yeah so it's been something that i've been dealing with sort of for i think the first time i went to the doctors must have been 2015 um wow. obviously we're in 2022 now so it has been a long time um mm-hmm. but yeah it's still something that's going on um it got to the point with the doctor where I said, right, I'm willing to try birth control for a certain amount of months. And if there's no change, then I'm going to have to come back. But I didn't have any intention of actually going on the birth control. I just sort of said it to sort of tick that off the yeah, list. And say, yeah, and say it's something that I tried because they weren't sort of giving up and willing to sort of move forward with any other options until I'd said that I tried birth control. So I got the prescription that I had to pay for, for the birth control, but never took the birth control because, I mean, I've I've been on multiple ones before. I know my body. I know it doesn't work for me. So, yeah, that was literally just to satisfy sort of a tick box on some doctor's notes to say that I tried it. Um, And I'm still sort of in the process now of dealing with the periods. But again, because of all this in the past and because it's been going on for so many years, it's sort of in two minds of I don't really want to ring the doctors because can they help anyway? Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the flip side, being well, no, I really do need to ring the doctors, but can I be going through all this stress at the moment? Um, so yeah, it's something that is on my to-do list, but it's finding sort of the emotional capacity to yeah, <laughs> go ahead yeah. and try try and go through it all again. So mm-hmm. yeah. It's so crazy. Things like that show that uh, like a well-funded governmental healthcare system is so important. And if you compare like Austria to the UK and then to the US, it's like Austria is still like pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like we are very lucky what we have still. Oh, yeah. Even though you see the system crumble and people leaving, obviously, because of the conditions and because of the stress and also because of the horrendous horrendous things they've seen during COVID. I mean, there are so many uh, documentaries and just uh, uh, like uh, TV uh, interviews out there from nurses who say they have never closed so many body bags during the time. And, you know, it's, it's a horrible time still that we're in and it's not over. 
but the thing is what when it's over i mean you have to those people have to work through all the trauma and, yeah. and, and i mean that's not easy to just cope with uh and then you have the uk where it's like in the middle of austria and, and the us in the sense where mm -hmm. you see okay the system is already very very uh disturbed and if you have money no problem but if you don't have money you can't get a hold of a doctor mm -hmm. i mean if you're lucky you might but um it's it's very hard and then you have the us where <laughs> it's all about money and it's all about how much you pay um in, in every way or sense i mean but it's with everything too i mean i when when i first moved here I wouldn't go right. to the doctor right. because the in the U.S. Alone, yeah. I had such a exactly I had such a mindset that I wouldn't go to the doctor unless I absolutely needed to. Where it's like I don't know how I'm going to get up in the morning unless I go yeah. to the doctor, yeah. and yeah. otherwise I wouldn't go because I couldn't afford it. Yeah. And typically they don't tell you anything anyways. If you're sick, you're sick. They're like, oh, you have the flu or you know whatever. Mm -hmm. But when I came here and I would feel sick he had to like push me to go to the doctor he's like just go to yeah, the doctor yeah. but it was so drilled in my brain where i was like i can't i can't afford it i'm barely working and he's like you don't have to pay for it just go yeah <laughs> and it's just it was it took such a long time and i think i still have a bit of that mindset because i still push it off most of the time if i it's so don't crazy. need it it's just so drilled in my brain but if you think about women who have children mm-hmm If you give birth in a hospital in the U.S., I just wanted to say you that, yeah. are in debt for years because it costs thousands of dollars to have a child. Yeah, I you mean, just you don't want to stay in the hospital for a day because go, yeah, God alone. forbid you need to stay two yeah. nights or three yeah. nights. I mean, you're it can be like thirty thousand dollars to have a child. Oh, really, <laughs> it can much? be pretty expensive. Oh, that's crazy. How is that in the UK? In the UK, it's still free, I guess, right? Or at least. Yeah, so um, still free. Um, you actually get paid from the government. I think child You're tax credit, child mm -hmm. tax credits. It's called. I think you so mm -hmm. you get a certain yeah, amount. We have that in the US now too. Yeah. They just started that. So um, to actually have a child, yeah, everything like that is completely free with okay. the NHS. So you wouldn't have to pay to have a baby. And um, I can't get my head around the fact that. <laughs> In the US, you have to pay to have a child. Like That's so crazy, yeah. yeah. It I doesn't just, matter. I just looked up an average cost. Um, the average of, like, bre recent average cost, the average price of having a baby through vaginal delivery is between $5,000 to $11,000 in most states. That's so insane. <laughs> and that's so crazy. So that's something that has to... It's not like, you know, you have an accident and that's something that you ha that happens and you have to go to the hospital and you can't say no to that because otherwise you would die on the street but with a pregnancy i mean that's something... and that's without complications you right. think if there are complications oh, you could be up to thirty thousand dollars that's so for crazy. something that's out of your control i did see somewhere that um someone had put on the internet sort of a copy of their bill from mm -hmm. um giving birth and they charged the mother for skin to skin contact after yeah. the baby was born what <laughs> Yeah, that's just absolutely insane. Yeah, because there's a person giving the baby <laughs> to the mother and taking it away again. That person has to get paid. Exactly. Oh, wow. That's so crazy. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's oh, pretty man. nuts, though. So, yeah, what, 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 I mean, again, I think it's so important to, that we 
cherish and and try to enforce the government to keep free health care because it's that's something I, I think a lot of countries i mean especially the u.s has not gotten yet that if people are healthy and i mean like physically and psychologically the the country itself is in so much better and shape the, the economy alone right would be in better shape right. because people would be okay working. They would want to work. Right. They would work longer. Yeah. They... And with that comes happiness. I mean, if yeah. I'm healthy and if I have access to treatments, I'm more likely to be happy because I don't have to worry about dying. But what's interesting is that the U.S., they do get that concept, but clearly not with healthcare. Because if you yeah. think about yeah. if you have a fire, right, yeah. your house is on fire. Yeah. The fire department comes and they don't say, oh, sorry, we just looked. You're not covered. So yeah. we're not going to put the yeah. fire out. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's not how so that, that works or a lawyer everybody has the right dollars otherwise we can't yeah <laughs> we can't. everybody has the right to the access to That's free a to yeah. to a free uh representation yeah. if something happens where they're arrested yeah, yeah you get true. free representation yeah. from the government okay that's something that works in your favor as a citizen yeah. teachers you get a you get taught in school you're not paying for that that's you know government funded mm. I no, mean, but that's exactly why so the healthcare they get the system concept, is still so much in terms of it's all about the money. It's it all about, about how much money can they generate, and it's starting from a hospital to um, to 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 pharma industry. Mm -hmm. It's all about that, and unless the people are in the center of the whole thing, it's always about money, and then. It's always about, okay, how much can we charge people to, for certain services? Mm -hmm. And if it's just skin-to-skin -skin contact after giving birth. <laughs> oh, wow. If it's just let me hold my baby after I give birth. Right. Oh, oh, we can charge them $1,000 for that. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. We kept you way too long. Uh, that was a very interesting and, and not so fun, but also, in, uh, I don't know engaging engaging talk so uh we very much appreciate you being here with us oh no and, problem and i hope you will be back at some point yes definitely anytime i'm happy to have a chat with you both okay then uh have a great day and uh until next time oh before i forget um we will link all your social media um in our description um, we have a great episode with Shannon out about her limb difference. Um, and it's one of my favorite episodes from the podcast we did. Um, I'll link that too. Um, is there something else you want to say to the people? Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> okay, then. Uh, bye. Bye. Well, that was a cool episode. Indeed. Very, very nice to have Shannon back um, for the second time. Mm -hmm. Second guest. And and interesting to hear other perspectives uh, from other countries about how their system works and yeah. just seeing how different it is in a place that's also so forward thinking. I mean, Western, very, yeah, yeah. sure. The the. The concept of the thing is you you live in a country you grow up in a country and you you learn how to adapt to the system mm -hmm. whatever it is and you think it's normal but once you look outside of that yeah you know 
uh, once you broaden your view and once you travel maybe or talk to people from different countries you see that maybe the system in our country is not as good or maybe our system is great and people mm -hmm. in different countries have an awful system and i think it's all about that because how can we as a society not only in our country but as a whole society and the world mm -hmm. have a better life um, and provide people with the necessary health care mm -hmm. i mean the, the big thing is to just look at different countries and see how they do it because it's possible yeah and there are better systems out there than austria um like if you look to scandinavia they have amazing healthcare systems um and yeah that was a cool episode yeah agreed other than that please like follow subscribe um share the podcast we really appreciate that and if you want to send us a message you can do that on our instagram on via email or on anchor with voicemail and we can put you in the podcast indeed goodbye goodbye